Welcome back to another episode of the Epic Nation Podcast. I'm your host, Marcus Rose. Your PM is what they call me. Welcome to the future of church. Church anywhere, any day, anytime. We are doing something so phenomenal as both a global and local church that we are globally online, but we are locally in cities and states where we are a community of people where you can literally from anywhere in the world be a part of our global small groups. You can be a part of our discipleship track where every where every month we're studying new things and learning together and having book readings and learning about the Bible and how to pray. Where sp- spiritual development is at an all-time low and we're trying to raise the bar. So we advise you to get in that. Professional development takes place within the Epic Nation. And of course, we gather together on Sundays at 12 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on Facebook and YouTube. And on Wednesday nights, five family night on Zoom. So I want to advise you, if you're not already, and to all the partners of the Epic Nation, what's up? Your pastor loves you. But to those who are just listening in or someone shared this with you, I would love to have you join us, partner with us, connect with us. But let's get into this message. Uh, this message on a went was from our midweek, and we didn't do a title for it, but after listening to it, I, I decided to title this message in this podcast, they're going to need their glasses for this. It is when God not only lets us see things, but God blesses us with the things that we have vision for. I'm going to say it one more time. God gives us vision, exposure, lets us see things, but it's not just enough for me to see it. Once I actualize it, once I receive it, once I walk in it, once I inherit it, it is now God allows other people to see me with what God allowed me to see. What does that mean? Imagine having a vision for a business and no one can understand it. They just see you working hard at something. They didn't see it at the time, but God allowed you to see it in your heart and your vision for it. But once you build the business and it becomes this massive, let's say Facebook, once you decide that I'm going to get married and nobody, everybody was like, really? (laughs) You got married and now they all get to see what you saw in secret with God. That's why this message is entitled, they're going to need their glasses for this. Because they've got to get a chance to see up close and personal what God can do with a life. I hope you enjoy this message. Okay, let's get this party started. I'm sorry, y'all. You can't even do your notes. You have to fill them in. I feel like teaching. Okay, three big points. We were supposed to get into Mark. Where we in Mark chapter 6. Make sure you write it down. Mark chapter 6 on Sunday. Beautiful message. You shouldn't have let me see it. And this conversation of you shouldn't have let me see it, this idea of exposure, exposure. And we're going to do part two on Sunday because y'all know we only got into one point on Sunday because y'all was long winded. I don't know what happened to y'all on Sunday, but we only got into one point. We didn't get it. The context and the first point, we didn't even get into to Peter walking, Jesus walking on water and Peter walking on water. But we we talked from a message, you shouldn't have let me see it, dealing with exposure and why God allows us to see a thing. And here's the other part of it, why he allows us to see him, which we didn't get into. It's not just seeing things. If you see a thing but don't see God, or if you see a thing and don't see God in it, then chances are, if the thing I see is over here and the God I see is over there, that's probably not something I want to be a part of. I don't want to live in a thing and have to visit God. <laughs> oh, give him that base, boy. <laughs> I don't want to live in a thing and have to visit God. And then if I am in God, everything I need is in him. So I don't have to ever. God is, is the home of all things. He is an all sufficient. I told you he is omnipotent and all potential, all potential, all potent God. So If he lets me see it, it is not just him letting me see a thing. It is not just him letting me get a glimpse of myself. He allows me to see him and see him shining through me and through it. The things that he brings into my life represent him. Yeah, 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 yeah. It it, it represents God and reflects his nature. If God is going to be a provider, but no person shows proof of his provision, then God cannot be seen in the earth. Oof, I don't know what's going on today, but I'm killing y'all right now. Do y'all understand this heat? Do you understand the heat that is coming out of my mouth? (laughs) If God is a provider and no person who believes in him has provision, but the people who don't believe in him have provision, then God is not represented in the earth. 
If God is a healer and the only people who have healing are those who only practice natural medicine and those who, who only practice one aspect. Now, should you? Yes. Should you eat well? Yes. Should you be vegan? I'll, I'm, I'll pray for you. If, like my boy Marquel is. I'm trying, bro. I'm trying. I'm trying out here. I'm like chicken-ish, fish-ish, shrimp-ish away from being vegan. Okay? <laughs> okay. But my, my point in this is if God is not represented and expressed through the areas of what he is, if he cannot be seen, then a person cannot look and say, you shouldn't let me see it. Them seeing it could be in our lives. Them seeing it could be through our testimony. It could be some aspect of us. So what I'm saying to you is there are things that has to happen in your life. It is the father's good pleasure. Like it pleases him to bless you. Why? Because you are a representation of him. You are a benefactor of him. So there are things that he wants me to see so someone else, so I can believe for it and I can have it so somebody else can see me with it. And if they receive it correctly, it doesn't turn into jealousy, but belief that God can do anything anywhere with anybody. Woo! Heavy, heavy. So ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, epic family, we interrupt this regular schedule Wednesday night interactive Bible study because I feel like teaching and you can interject or pause me at any point. Okay. So I probably won't say, Hey, does anyone have a question? I rather you just pause me, like act like we playing spades, act like we cooking in the kitchen and you're like, hold on, hold on. Who played the seven? Uh, uh-uh, no talking across the board. No talking across the board. You better pay attention. <laughs> you better pay attention. Okay. So just stop me anytime and just inter- inter- interject because we family, we kicking it. So Mark 6 laid out for us this long narrative. Our text was Mark chapter 6, verses 41, I believe it is, through 46 or 46 to 51. I can't remember. But we only walked through Mark chapter 6, verse 1 to about 33. There were three main things we pointed out that, that, that he let me see. Three, three things he let me see. Three things he let me see. We see in the text, we see Jesus's pain. That's number one. We saw his pain. Number two, we saw his provision. Number three, we saw his prayer life or his prayer. So he let me see those three things in the text. I want to unpack just those three and then we'll do part two on Sunday. Okay. All right. So let me back up one step before that. I made a statement on Sunday. It's so hard for me to do a recap because I want to teach new information all the time. Like this is like the hardest thing for somebody like me who always has a bunch of information. (laughs) So I said, why does he let me see it? Before Before I point out what he let me see, the first question I ask is, why does God allow me to see things? We just mentioned that a little bit, but I quoted Ralph Waldo Emerson, Ralph Waldo Emerson. A mind that ha- a mind that has been stretched by a new experience cannot return back to its original dimension. One of my favorite quotes: "A mind that has been been stretched by a new experience cannot return back to its original di- original dimension." This is, in essence, what God does when He enters your life, because faith comes by hearing. And I told you, you don't. Let me go slow. You don't hear with your ears. You hear with what, everybody? Your mind. You don't see with your eyes. You see with your with your mind. You don't speak with your mouth. You speak with your mind. So if God is going to change the way I speak because I can have whatever I say, if faith is going to come by hearing for me to be able to hear faith, and if God is going to change my vision because I walk by faith and not by sight, he's got to change my mind. So a mind has to be stretched by an experience God gives me. Through that experience, he stretches my mind. So now I speak differently. I see differently. I hear differently. Good God. Oh, y'all kidding this. I just want to kick something right now. I'm talking about this is powerful stuff. Like to think about this is why certain times like we think that when God stretches our mind, we have a view of God stretching our mind by beautiful things by romantic things, by good things, but sometimes bad things could stretch our mind beyond dysfunction. That I, that the view of love, of resources, of 
Once again, that lot of money number. He's got to stretch our mind even beyond that because I could be praying to God for a number that he like, that's it? You went on a seven-day fast to ask me for a $2 raise. Like, you, you, hold on, wait, wait, hold on. So you fasted and prayed for that type of person, and you that's all you're going to accept? You're going to accept that in your life. They don't look like what you want. They don't sound like what you want. That opportunity you're taking don't even look like what you prayed to me for. <laughs> I got to stretch your mind. Because for you to see it and, and, and think that I'm in that, you don't see me or yourself correctly. Like a big God like me, you think I would make you wait to receive something that small. Oh, I could tell by the size of it whether God's in it. Oh, my goodness gracious of life. This kind of stuff I'm believing for right now. I'm not joking, man. Listen, my right now, my vision is so big, it costs me to think. I'm talking about that. It's expensive for me to think like that thing. It's like, oh, the moment I start thinking it's expensive, like it takes energy and effort because I'm so clear on what he's doing. What I'm saying to you is he why he lets me see is because he got to stretch my mind because he's got to allow my mind to stretch to the idea, to the possibility, to the faint. Let me say it again. I'm trying to move on, but I think somebody needs to hear it. Somebody needs to hear it. Someone needs to feel it. And someone needs to receive it in faith. My God, Ralph, I was just praying for you, bro. So good to see you. That's my man, honey, grand. So, so God has to allow me to see it. When, when he stretches my mind, everybody, let me go practical. Let me go practical, pr practical for a second. Everyone has had an opportunity, a moment, and an experience that was beyond where they were. Like if you've ever traveled somewhere, you get that feeling like, like, if you've been on a, to an all-inclusive resort, that feeling of, man, I need to live like this. You go to that beach, you, you're like, thank you so much. It's a pleasure. You're like, ooh, ain't nobody ever said it's a pleasure. Huh? <laughs> you're like, you get, you get that response. You're like, oh, my God, they actually nice, like, to go to a restaurant and I don't have to say, hey, I'm so sorry to bother you. <laughs> uh, I'm joking, but serious at the same time. There is this stretching that happens of your mind. Who, who all remembers a time in your life you was working a job and you said, man, if I could ever make this amount and you had an amount in mind that if you could ever make that amount, who, who, come on, wash your hands. Who's ever, who's ever done that before? Are you a business owner? And you said, if I could ever make this much, you ran past that number and you got to that number and you, it didn't feel like what you thought it was going to feel like, did it at all? It's almost like you got to that finish line you had in your mind and your bills was like, whoo, we made it. <laughs> you made it and all your bills was like, we sure did. <laughs> they, they're right there with you. You're like, you're like, hold. You're like, hold, I thought I left y'all. <laughs> no, 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 bro. We can't, we came with you. <laughs> we, came, we came with you. So now you got to stretch your mind all over again to bigger than that. And what we are in this lifestyle of the rich and famous, I'm saying, Father, stretch our minds. Stretch our mind to bigger than that. Like that whatever we're thinking, you can do exceedingly and abundantly. Both of those terms are dimensional terms that, that sounds like expansion. Exceeding. Deal, deal abundantly. Doesn't that sound like something that is overflowing, something that is overwhelming, something that is bigger? Then the text says above what I can ask or think. Oh, God, do y'all not know that that scripture is where our name as a church comes from? Now unto him who was able to do exceedingly and abundantly. All those terms, the word epic means exceeding beyond size and scope. When I heard the scripture praying years ago, back in 2010, I started hearing epic. I'm like, ooh, above size or scope. Oh, my God. I looked up the definition and, and, and that's when he started telling me, your assignment is to empower people for their purpose and inspire them to change. Because most people don't even tap, 10, tap into 10% of their potential and live the rest of their life feeling as if they have done all that they can do, have exceeded all that God can do, and they've only tapped into the type of their potential. But I'm talking to somebody tonight who you hear me, like you're hearing me differently. You're hearing me differently because he's stretching your mind. Like right now, if you are spiritual at all, 
Your, your heart is feeling it. Your mind is feeling it. And now you can never return back to the size of the request you once had before. Bigger, 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 bigger. Keep saying it. Bigger, 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 bigger. I'm trying to get it in your spirit. Bigger, bigger, bigger. That's what I want you to believe for. You are not supposed to be a window shopper of everyone's life, looking at the tempered glass of a cell phone, double liking, tapping, and commenting on a like that you can have. No, don't window shop on social media. You can have it. You shouldn't have let me see it. Oh, so there is actually people in the world living like that. Oh, cool. <laughs> I just need to see it was possible. I thought that only happened on TV, but in real life, cool, bigger, bigger, bigger. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, I'm a little more excited than you are. I'm peeping a disconnect and it's not my internet. <laughs> so it is with that in mind that I want to go into these three points. These three points. If I show of hands, holler at your boy if you're getting something out of this tonight. Already, if you're getting something out of this. Can everybody just, I want to hear you. Can you just say bigger? I want to hear you announce, announce to your future. Bigger. Bigger. Come bigger. on, announce it to you. There you go. Bigger. Yeah. Bigger. Yes. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. God. I'm tapping into something. I need to pray for somebody who's frustrated and wondering, will where you are now ever change? You don't even have a picture right now of what better could look like or bigger could look like. And I want to pause and pray for you because I see you. Spiritually, now I've tapped into a space that I feel your heart that you keep wondering. Is this it for me? Like, is this it for me? Like, man, will I, will I ever have this, 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 and this? And the person who keeps saying, will I ever have the help that I need? Let me pause and pray for you. Say it quickly so I can pause and pray for you. Who are you? Who are you? Who are you? I feel you. I feel you. Me. All right. It's also a woman. I see you. Who is it? Who is it? Who is it? I'm closing my eyes now because I don't want to look it's at it. Say again. Yeah, it's, it's who? Nakia. Nakia. Did I say your name correct? Yes. Absolutely. God, I... Makia. Makia, I'm sorry. <laughs> God, Father, I thank you for letting me see it. All oh, for trusting me as their pastor to see what they're going through so I can pray for it. We pause in the middle of this message to pray for your people. God, their vision is, their vision is blocked. They can't see beyond where they are. But I believe by faith that you will open their eyes and let them see. God, give them the ability to look again. Give them the ability to look again. Help them to see differently. Expose them to what's possible. Give them a seed and help them to see in the seed what is coming up next. I thank you for unexpected blessings. God, I thank you for acceleration. I speed up the process. Favor them in a supernatural way. One of the things I love about you is you're not bound by time. You speak and control time. So redeem time where they feel like they've lost moments. Redeem time where they've wasted it on people and things. And now I thank you now for bigger and for blessings in Jesus' name. Amen. I love you. Man, I love when that happens. When God stops something and say, no, nah, say that. Touch that person. Thank you. Oh, man. I, it's, it's, a it's a privilege and an honor. Man. I'm trying to. I'm trying to move. Are y'all praying with me? Like when I be praying sometimes, like, do y'all treat this and know that we're a family and we're supposed to be praying for each other? Like, do y'all understand this? It's like, it's like if you see somebody struggling with groceries and you're like, hey, let me grab one of those. When you when there's a moment like that that happens, here's just a quick pastoral moment. Somebody has a weight that's bigger than them. When God interrupts something like that, that means the person couldn't carry it on their own in prayer. He interrupts a moment where we're together to say, help them lift it for a moment. So when moments like that happen as a church, let's all make sure that we're that we're helping them lift in prayer. OK, so anytime that that happens, y'all push it even more in prayer. Even if you don't know what to pray. Here's what I used to do even as a child and as I do as a adult. God, whatever they need, do it for them. Like if I don't know how to intercede, that, that, that's the dopest prayer It's a prayer of faith. God, whatever they need, do it for them. And I believe that God heard me and God can do it. Like, that's a big prayer. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, I got like 10 minutes because I'm, I'm, I'm trying to do better with this time piece. All right, I lied. That was my first lie of 2020, maybe 15 minutes. First lie of 2020. Hadn't lied all year long and y'all just made me tell that lie. <laughs> okay. 
Let's get into it. Let's get into it. Oh, I saw somebody when it said me. Was that for prayer? Chelsea? Chelsea? Did I miss did I miss miss you on, on prayer? It was for prayer. I wasn't missed though. Okay, gotcha, 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 gotcha. Love it, love it, love it. Okay, so let's get into the points. Everybody ready with the first one? The first thing we talked about is Jesus' pain. Tonight, y'all leave me alone. Let me run through this. Y'all held me up Sunday only talking about his pain. Okay, y'all let me get through this. We saw his pain in two ways. Who remembers? Talk back to me. What are the two things we mentioned that the text shows us about Jesus' pain? See how I'm putting y'all back to work. Like, do some of these notes now. What do we get on Sunday? Jesus' pain. Two things I gave you. Rejection. Grief. Oh, I love it. Who said that? Fabiola. All right. Listen to me. You was paying attention, and I love it. Rejection and grief, absolutely. So I want to dig deeper into the rejection piece. If you have your Bibles, look at Mark chapter 6, verse number, we're going to go 1 through 3. Mark chapter 6, verse 1 through 3. Go ahead and just pull out your cell phones, your iPads, whatever you need. Take a look at that. I don't want to do the screen because it helps you all, but sometimes I want to see y'all. I, I need to feel your energies. I need a bit to see your faces. Okay, and this is being recorded on the podcast too. To the podcast people, when you listen to this, what up though? <laughs> All right, uh, Mark chapter six, verse number one in the New Living Translation. Jesus left that part of the country and returned with his disciples to Nazareth, his hometown. The next Sabbath, he began teaching in the synagogue, and many who heard him were amazed. Look at the mixed emotion. They were amazed by his teaching, so it wasn't that where he wasn't good. But they asked, where, hey, where, where did he get that from? Oh, hold on. I, I can't say it's wrong, but I don't agree with it. Why? Because the person is doing it. It wasn't the message. The problem was not the power. The problem was not the message. I just can't receive that from you. Where did you get all this wisdom and, and power to perform such miracles? Then they scoffed. I don't really like that word. I want to use a different one. <laughs> then they, I'm from, I'm from the country where I, we would say, man, she hit you with the B-box. This is where a dude try to holler at a girl and she go, <laughs> bro, she hit you with the B-box. <laughs> hey, Miss Lady, Miss Lady with the red pants, with the white, with the white, with the shirt. <laughs> okay. Y'all like this dude is so crazy. Who is this guy? Okay. <laughs> let, me, let me not even expose that part of my life to you all. Okay. <laughs> so, and they hit Jesus with the B-box. Verse three, they hit him with the B-box and he's just a carpenter, <laughs> the son of Mary and the brother of James and Joseph, Judas and Simon. Look at how they list his whole family. Like, bruh, and his sisters live right here off a, off a third, off a third in Bethlehem. Don't his sister and brother, don't his daddy work down on the corner, on the corner of, of Judea and, and yeah, don't, don't he live right there? All right, now you get the text. Y'all know I'm big on, on modernizing the text and making it relevant, right? Because these are real people. These are real people having real conversations. So, is this Jesus? Now, here's the first thing I need you to see in the rejection. They, the statement they made is, he's just. He's just this, or he's just that. What is happening is, whenever you exceed the category someone has placed you in their mind, typically they reject you. Because you don't fit how I define you. You exceeded how I defined you in my mind. And how dare you not be what I thought you should be? <laughs> Teach boy, how, da how dare you not be what I think you should be? How dare you not live up to my expectations? <laughs> how dare you not be what I had in mind? How dare you change? How dare you grow? How dare you forgive? <laughs> How dare you? How dare you not care about what I think? Ooh, hold on, shake on them. Okay. How dare you? How dare you? How dare you? So here's what you got to realize about rejection. It's not that he wasn't enough. It's not that he was not great. It's not that he did anything wrong. It's not that they didn't like what he had to offer. They just didn't want to receive it from him. It's not that you did, okay, let me take it out of the context of Jesus and put it on you. It's not that you are not enough. 
It's not that you did anything wrong. It's not that you that they don't like you or what you have to offer. They just don't see you like that. <laughs> Let me go get old gospel. Can I go get old gospel? I think I might go get old gospel. Can I get a go, get old gospel going once, going twice, sold to the ghetto gospel saints? When you hear this statement, this they don't see him correctly. They rejected it. I want it. I just don't want it from you. It is. It is. It is like a friendship or someone who will not who will not respond to you like you know you deserve to be treated. Bro, what happened? What happened with you? Didn't y'all used to be like the best of friends? What happened with you and you and your friend? Oh, she was blind. Oh, what happened to her outside? No, she couldn't see me. <laughs> like, no, no, no. She just couldn't see the type of person I am. She couldn't see me. Man, whatever happened? Man, you whatever happened to you and your you and your family used to be real close. You don't go around your family no more? Oh no, the whole family's blind. Blind? Oh my God, what happened? Oh no, they couldn't see me. They couldn't see my potential. Every time I, I, was, I was who I was supposed to be, they, they rejected me. And, and they are what I said to my brother. I guess got to be honest. We was talking about a family member in a context. And I said, man, it hurts me because I love them, but it costs too much to be close to them. It costs me to not be me in order to be in relationship with them. And anybody that it costs me to not be who I am and what I need to be to be with them, it costs too much. I invested too much into being the person I am today to give it all up to pay for what it costs to be in relationship with you. Oh, you too expensive. <laughs> it costs too much to be your friend. <laughs> oh, so I got to keep my mouth closed and just anything you say I got to agree with. Oh, no, you cost too much. <laughs> you cost too much. Okay. So that's one piece of rejection I want you to see. It's not that you're not enough. It's not that you don't have enough. It's not that you are not the best thing for them, but they cannot see it and receive it from you. Yeah, because look at the beauty of this. When I'm going to move, when I move out of this, this rejection piece, I'm going to move into grief and then I'll move into the second P, which is the provision, the provision. So we talked about the pain and provision, but I'm going to say this point early. When you see him move from his home, the next place he moved was to where he feeds the 5,000. The Bible says that he was trying to get a, to a quiet place and it was rumored that Jesus was coming and they packed the place out. How amazing is it that I just left from home and could have done the same thing and nobody was checking for me and they didn't receive me. But I got people that heard I'm coming and they packed the place out. Look at the distinguishing factor that shows the value of Jesus. It is not that he is not valuable. He's just not valued there. Mm, that's a good lesson to learn. It is not that I'm not valuable. I'm just not valued there. So my job is to go find the place, the person, and the people who celebrate me, not try to convince people who reject me. Mm. Are y'all understanding the words that are coming out of my mouth? Oh my God, I feel like I'm giving you this good ghetto gospel and all of its splendor. <laughs> All right. Okay. <laughs> All right. Moving right along. The grief. The grief. Did everybody get that about rejection? So rejected by family, but, but received by strangers. And that's most of our testimony. That's most of our testimony. Okay. Now, the grief piece. Here's what I want you to understand about grief. I don't want you to see grief in the aspect of Losing a loved one. I'm not even going to get into that because I, I still, y'all have me on here crying, right? So it's not that piece. I want to deal with it from the angle of how I grieve losing myself. I want to look at it from that angle. The grief of, I know, man, I used to be so trusting. I used to be so loving. I used to be so giving. Now I second guess everything because I've been burned before. I've been rejected before, but I missed that part of me when I used to be able to love and give freely. <laughs> Man, I miss me. Man, I miss the old me. I'm trying not to go ghetto because y'all looking at me like he's too crazy tonight. Okay, I'm, I'm trying not to go ghetto gospel. Y'all going to be like, I'm never coming back. Um, I, I, hey, it, what do I need to do with my partnership? Because I don't know if I can do this no more. He kind of crazy. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, yo, the, the grief of missing the old you. 
I miss the old Kanye. Straight off the cold Kanye. All right, I ain't going to do it. I ain't going to do it. I ain't going to do it. But that moment where you miss you, you miss who you used to be before you had to adjust to survive. To be okay, you had to become a different version of you. In order to be able to function, to not lose your mind, to not be mad, to not be angry, to not be bitter, it forced you to change. You kept trying to convince them to change, and when they wouldn't, it forced you to change. And now that you have separated yourself from the place of rejection and found the true home that celebrates you and the people who celebrate you, now you miss the confident you. You miss that version of yourself. So God's now got to reach back. And, and get you to resuscitate, to revive that part of you. Oh, I miss me. I miss that part of me. I even miss the way that I used to look at people and believe what they actually said before I thought everybody's a liar. Everybody wants something. I miss that certain. Now, I don't miss being naive. Like there's a certain part of it. But if I could take the wisdom I have now with the trust I used to have, I'd be okay. But now my wisdom, my wisdom exceeds my trust. So it normally I lead and lean into a situation like. Let me see what bro going to say. Let me see what sis going to do. Let me let them show me first. But we don't realize here's why that's a bad thing. Here's why that's a bad thing. Because for a person to have to go all the way to the finish line of proving themselves, I am forcing them to pay for the price of someone else. They are taking the whooping of the last person. Oh, my God. So they don't even get the best version of me. They don't even get the environment that will make them feel comfortable giving the best version of them because they don't get the best version of me. That's not fair. I'm giving them a portion of me, but wanting them to prove themselves by giving me all of them. But that's what I didn't like about what the people I left before. They never gave me all of them. <laughs> I'm teaching in here on tonight. Oh my God. It's like, think about it. The people that you despise the most, and I, please don't hear this like relationship. I'm talking about whether it's a job, a friendship, a family. Our greatest pain Sometimes it's not boyfriend, girlfriend, it's family. That's what I'm pressing in on for us to hear. It's the pain of the people that we should feel comfortable with not really responding in a way that we feel like should be celebratory. Or the pain of, please hear this correctly, sometimes I grieve family members I love that are so dysfunctional and so toxic I would love to be closer to them, but for my sanity and for my progress, I can't. I grieve what I, I grieve. I would love to be able to be able to spend more time with certain family members. But it's like it takes me days to recover. And because no, I'm not I'm not even exaggerating. And because now the demand on my life is so great and people every day need me. Now. I cannot cheat you, which is my purpose, in order to be in relationship with them, which are just a person. I, can, at the, I cannot cheat the expense of my purpose to be in relationship with people. So if it's going to cost me not being my best for the people I'm assigned to in my purpose, I can't do it. So I grieve it. I grieve that part of me. How many of you know, know in your heart, like there's a part of you you grieve, like you miss Man, I remember when I used to, like, there's a part of you that you used to be this way, used to do certain things. And like now you can't get the feeling back. You feel almost numb in certain areas. Like you can't even get excited about stuff the way you used to get excited. And that like, that's a, that's a bad thing. That's a feeling. I would like, I, it's like, I never have enough time. I literally feel like anytime I teach, I never have enough time. I'm not joking. <laughs> like all of this, I like. Sunday, I skipped stuff. Today, it's like, I cannot even get into all I want to say even tonight. Jesus, help me. <sighs> okay, let's move to provision. Let's move to provision. So everybody got the rejection piece, the grief piece. Here's what I'm going to start asking all of us. I want to put pressure on all of us and start asking. 
Let's do a better job of inviting people, ladies and gentlemen. Why do I say this? Why do I say this? Because it's so many people that need this. Like, I just start thinking about while I'm teaching, I see blank faces in my spirit like, man, this message right here could save someone pain. It could heal somebody. It could help someone. This is one of those things. So it's like, if, if this is a blessing to you, I really ask that you that we do a better job of encouraging and sharing this with someone and inviting them, okay? All right. How do we do that? I don't know how to do that. Uh, I was okay. So I'm a, I'll make sure you have the link. And in advance, if you if you have the link, you can share the link with them. You can text it okay. to them or you can give them our text number that 74121. Most people won't do it. So I wouldn't go that way. I would just make sure you have the link. So let's do a okay. better let's, uh, connections. Let's make sure everybody has the link so they can share it with someone. And to help everybody even more, we'll we'll pre-draft a text that you can send to friends. Let's pre let's do that. Let's pre-draft a text. Let's send it out to everybody. And you can just send that to friends to invite them on a Wednesday and a Sunday. Absolutely. So thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Okay. Provision, provision, provision. I got a big point in this provision piece. Christian, you're going to love this. You love it when I go Bible. Like, you're going to love this, Christian. You're going to love this. Okay. So, and the provision piece. Please hear this. It's so much I could teach on it. I cannot wait in this series, Lifestyle of Rich and Famous, if you all could commit to at least being consistent for like the next three weeks, Wednesdays and Sundays, I got so much I got to get us to and get us through. I'm not, I have, I posted a part of it, this whole spiritual investment versus earthly investment and showing you how to live the true lifestyle that God has for you requires both and how you can do it, how you tap into certain principles or how certain times two principles marry each other between heaven and earth to release a provision in your life. So I got to teach you that. I got to teach you on finance. Like, you know, it's like it's going to be crazy. So please be consistent because everything connects. Okay. All right. Alexis, you're going to like this too, because I'm going to reference some spiritual part of this now. Right now we're getting into it. So the provision piece is this. Jesus now is on his way to vacation with his disciples. He hop in a boat. He go across the water. Like, yo, let's go kick it by the beach for a minute, bro. Mike, I'm tired. I just found out my cousin got killed. He, so he, he's grieving because John got killed. My family just told me, basically, bro, we don't want that from you. So I went home. I'm, I'm like, bro, when I left, I was Joseph's son. Like, I'm a full-fledged Jesus out here. Like, I'm a full-fledged man, bro. Like, son of God. <laughs> I'm popping out here. And, and they told me they don't want me. Found out my cousin died. Now, everywhere I go, I can't get a minute to myself. Verse 31 to 33, he tries to go away with his disciples. The people hear that he's going to be there. They beat him there. He gets off of the, off of the boat. And Tetelis, which is a historian, tells me that there is to the tune of almost 15,000 people there. 15,000 people. The text tells me 5,000, but that's only counting men. That's not including women and children. Right? So 15,000 people out there. Like, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. So imagine the pressure of that while grappling with rejection and grief. He meets them there. And this is where I arrive at the idea of provision. When I don't have enough emotionally or financially for me, but the demand is bigger than me. Like he don't have enough emotionally for himself. I'm grieving and feeling rejected. I need a minute. I don't have enough financially for me and my disciples. Two fish, five loaves. It's not even enough for us to eat. But 15,000 people place a demand on me. Oh, the demand exceeds what I feel like I have. I don't have enough to give. But here's my big point when I was reading the text. What God let me see is when I'm in purpose, I realize I've got, I, I've got more than enough to not just meet my needs, but to meet other people's needs. But here's the big part. I can't meet mine until I tap into purpose to meet theirs. Because what God wants to find is purpose. And it is in, remember this, they had two fish and five loaves. They had how much? Two fish, five loaves. They had how much? Two fish, five loaves. They had how much? Two fish, five loaves. They took it. They blessed it. They broke it. They gave it. When did it start multiplying? When he started giving it away. <laughs> and that's when we lose count. We don't lose count of how much we have until we start giving it away. Then I've got more than I even started with. It is, 
when he when he took it, he had two fish and five loaves. When he broke it, he had two fish and five loaves. When he blessed it, he had two fish and five loaves. But when he started giving it away, he lost count. <laughs> and now when I'm done, I've got to calculate. He said, go and gather what's left. Here's what I need you to hear about provision. Imagine going to look for two fish and five loaves, not realizing that I've got 12 baskets. I'm not even looking for what God has already given me. Hey, go collect what you got left. We would go looking for what we started with. But if I know God the way I know God, he wouldn't force me to give out, out, of, out of myself selflessly and give me back what I just gave. Oh, he'll never give me back what I just gave. <laughs> so I go looking for two fish and five loaves. He's like, bro, no, 12 baskets. You wouldn't have had enough when you went on vacation had you not gave up something. Oh, God. Now let's push further with the provision piece. This is the part where I, where I say, Christian, you're going to love. It is this discrepancy between I need blank, they need blank. <laughs> right? I need blank. Here's what I need for me. They need blank. Here's what they need for them. But God wants blank. <laughs> I need this. They need this. But God wants this. So in order for God to get what he needs, which is to provide for both, he's going to use me to do it. He ain't going to make you rich to make you rich. I love... Marquel, can I mention how you, like what you do when you start your um Marquel does something so dope when he starts his pre his presentation for uh, his rapid business growth. He talks about the whole power of entrepreneurs. And I'm saying it wrong, but he talked about the whole ecosystem piece. That if he said our motive is selfish, man, I'll never forget. Blew my mind the first time. He said our motive is selfish. If they make more millionaires or more, and I'm saying it wrong, I get it. But he's basically saying if he empowers people to make more money. That person is going to spend money with another entrepreneur. So instead of cutting their own grass, they're going to pay someone to cut their grass. Now the person who cuts grass is going to pay someone to clean the house. And the person who cleans the house in this ecosystem begins. And it carries on and on and on. Every person needs to have more. So now it can extend and create this ecosystem. This is a kingdom idea, ladies and gentlemen. This was God's idea. God's idea for humanity the way that he meets all of our individual needs is by doing it collectively. So I need blank. They need blank. God wants blank. What God wants is to meet all of the needs. But the way he's going to do it is when I give up my need for their need, someone else meets my need. <laughs> I never have enough for whatever I need. No matter how much I have, I want more. Which means the next level of my life will always come through someone else. The millionaire needs the billionaire. <laughs> the six-figure needs the millionaire. So there will always be a need above me. And the only one that never has a need above them is God. So God always funds all needs downward. We now send everything up. It is a circle. And if I've got nothing going up to God meeting his needs, there's nothing coming down to us meeting our needs. Can I tell you how provision works God, help me to calm down. I feel like screaming. Oh, my God. God, help me. Oh, I love it. Who just put that in the chat? Who just did that? Oh, I love it. You, God, you answered my prayer. I asked for people like you. Oh, my God. That's executors. Well, while I'm saying it, you already crafted it. That's a church. That's meeting the need. Oh, that's meeting the need. Please hear me. Please hear me. Let me make this big point. This big point that you got to hear. This big point. You got to hear this big point. You got to hear about God. This big point. You got to hear about God. Please hear it about the provision of God and how this whole thing works. How this whole thing works. This whole thing works. This whole thing works. You. Okay, let me go ghetto with it so you get it. At a certain point, you will need to get your hair done. So someone had to see somebody cut hair. So they could get interested in it and learn how to do it so you could have a need met. Huh. At a certain point, somebody had to see a broken bone and say, I want to learn how to fix it because you would have needed to have the bone fixed. 
at a certain point, somebody had to have a problem. That's a business solving problems. Somebody had to have a problem and a person had to be interested in solving the problem. And from that, God will form a business that make that person money, meets your needs. And it's this circle. This is how provision is done. Oh, God. Now, here's the piece that Christian, I knew you was going to love that, but here's the piece that Alexis is going to love because this deals with spiritual gifts. Could anybody have multiplied the two fish and five loaves? This is going to be a, this is a, this is a trick question. Could anybody do it? 15,000 people, Jesus and his 12, making 13. So 15, we're going to say 15,000, 13 people. Could any, well, let me eliminate Jesus. So 15,012, 15,012 people. Could anybody have multiplied the two fish and five loaves? This is tough. Because automatically after that, they go back into the lake to cross. And then he asked, uh, was it Peter to walk on water? So, I mean, if he could have done that, he could have multiplied it if he had enough faith. <laughs> Everybody agree with that answer? Yes, no, show of hands. No, it's Possible, but not probable because we didn't have that as a culture. I like it. I like it. This is what, why I say you're going to love this, Lexus, because this deals with spiritual gifting and anointing. This is what I need you to understand. This is what I need you to understand. Everybody can't meet that need because, listen to me, you're not, you're, your anointing means you are powered or provided by God to do, do a thing. God would not empower you or power you or give you provision for something that you for something or someone you ain't called to. <laughs> if it ain't your purpose, you can't do it. <laughs> you ain't anointed to do or provided by God to do what you ain't purpose to do. Unless those people are assigned to you, unless your purpose is assigned to it, you have no spiritual gift or anointing to do it. Could, could 15,012 people do it? No, because they ain't assigned to it. <laughs> it ain't their anointing. It ain't their purpose. I could do this in my sleep, ladies and gentlemen, because I'm assigned to it. I could pick up on where you are because I'm assigned to you. That's why I know I'm anointed to pastor you, because I'm assigned to you. Now, there is someone or something that you are assigned to. So the provision of your life will be connected to when we talk about spiritual gifts, the lifestyle of rich and famous of your spiritual gifts. The number one thing you got to understand is, is simply this. You're not power. You're not powered by or provided by God to. Oh, there it is. Oh, yeah, I love it. God doesn't want me. I wrote this down. God doesn't want me to do for who? And, for, and for, to do for who he has not called me to. Yeah, I love it. 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 When I understand that, I'll understand my gift isn't broken. I'm just trying to use it on broken people. Maybe he didn't call me to broken people. He could call one person to fix broken people. He can call another person to empower those who are whole. Jesus said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me for he has anointed me too. And he names what he's anointed to do. Ha! Ah, if you, every preacher, every pastor, every person, every business owner, every man, every woman, every boy, every child, you ought to be able to say, God has anointed me to blank. You ought to know the thing that you are put on this earth that heaven backs you with both power and provision to accomplish. That is your spiritual gift. That is your anointing. That is the thing that Buddy on that movie Taken says, said, I have a particular set of skills. I will find you, I will hunt you down, and I will kill you is what he said to the man. I'm saying to you, you got a particular set of skills. There is something that you are a nightmare to. You are a nightmare to poverty if you teach wealth. You are a nightmare to pain if you can heal people. You are a nightmare to those who cannot pray. You are a nightmare to those who have a problem in some area. Oh, and that's what he's going to let you see. If you are a nightmare to the problem, he's going to let you see the problem because you have the solution to fix it. Everybody else, look at how the disciples saw it. They saw the two fish and five loaves is not enough. They saw the people as too much. 
And Jesus saw it as an opportunity. He saw it as an opportunity because I'm anointed to do this. I don't see it the way you see it. And it is this miracle, ladies and gentlemen, that put Jesus on the map. There was no reason to feed 15,000 people. It is the only story in the Bible that is mentioned in all four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. All four Gospels, the only story mentioned in all four, the feeding of 5,000. It was the miracle that spread his message across all towns, cities, 15,000 people dispersing back to cities, countries, towns, talking about a man who not preached to me, but met my existential needs. That man met my needs. What is he teaching about? I don't know. But that man met my need. That's why he let me see the provision. Because I, I realized the message will always extend when you meet people's need. If I was his marketing coach, if I was Jesus marketing and business coach, I would tell him, bro, you I understand that you could teach that kingdom thing, but nobody knows what you're talking about. They don't understand it. Even your disciples are like, bro, what you mean when you said a grain of wheat? Oh, what, 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 like, hey, when you said to one, you gave five, one, two, like, what does that mean? And to when you were talking about and, 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 uh, and seed fell on thorny ground. Is that what you said, Jesus? Thorny ground? Yeah, thorny ground. And some fell on stone. Like, they didn't understand it. Jesus following followed him for miracles. If I was coaching him, I'd say, bro. Why don't we create a marketing message around the miracles? And once we have their attention, then we can go deeper about the kingdom. Because now you got you, you've built brand trust. <laughs> you've built trust with your audience. Now you'll get their attention longer. But when you're marketing miracles, you can hold their attention. When you're marketing this message on the kingdom, there's no relationship between it. So meeting their needs brings them in and builds relationship because there's a relationship between a person and their need. And if you're on the other end of that, there's a relationship with you. I'm done. Eight o'clock. All right. Eight o'clock. I ain't even get into prayer. Why do y'all do me like this? I'll do prayer on Sunday. I'll do the last P on Sunday and go right into the walking on the walking on the water piece. All right. I'll do the prayer piece on Sunday. We're done. We're done. I'm, I'm going to pull the plug right there because I could teach this even longer. Now, I want to ask somebody, what's the, I'm going to say a word. What was the pregnant point of tonight that when I said something, it was something in it for you? Like, mm, like that, that, that was my point right there. Let me hear back from you. What was that point for you tonight? 